Welcome. I'm Amy Watson, a certified life after baby loss coach and mom to two babies in heaven. Join me as I show you how you can truly find yourself again. Together, let's knock up those rough, painful edges and learn to carry your grief so you can step forward into all this life has in store for you. This is the Smooth Stones Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to have Alicia Anderson here to share with us her experience with loss and parenting after loss. Alicia, will you just introduce yourself a little bit? And Yeah, absolutely. My name is, again, Alicia Anderson. And on social media, I go by Ali Andy. Um, and I am a baby loss mom. I lost my firstborn at 28 weeks. And six years ago, so 2016, um, I am the mom of two living children. Grayson is my rainbow baby who just turned five a couple weeks ago. And then Gavin is my golden baby, or I call him my pandemic baby. And he was born in uh, 2020 in April. So he'll be two in a couple weeks. So, um, and I service baby loss parents online, just trying to make sure that they feel seen, heard, and valued in the space. And I am so honored to be here with you today. Yes. And you are an author. Yes. <laughs> How can I forget that? I, I did write a book. It's called Still Here, a memoir of love, loss, and triumph after stillbirth, which you can find on Amazon. Yes, which I love and I have and I have read and highly recommend. It's so it's so good. I love when people are able to share their stories and like all the different ways we share our stories. Yes. My first question I always ask people is to tell us a little bit about the life of your baby. So DJ, tell us a little bit about the time when he was alive or like any memories you have of him and also any lessons that he's taught you. Ooh, I love this question because I don't never, I hardly ever get asked what was his life like. So this is a, like such a refreshing question. One thing that stood out to me, there was like during my pregnancy, I would play this song for him every day. It's called Angel, which is kind of ironic, but I would play it every morning and just kind of sing it. I love to sing. And so that was kind of my little way to kind of communicate with him. And that was just kind of like my little special time with him. And my husband would always talk to my belly at night and just say, hey, this is daddy. And then the other thing that really stood out to me was when we did his gender reveal. So I had family and friends come from like all different parts of the country. And we just had a really fun celebration just to, you know, who's team boy, who's team girl. Um, And it was just such a fun time. And that was like, maybe a few weeks before I found out that he passed. So it was just like one of those last final memories that I really hold dear with me. Yeah. So were you right? Did you think he was a boy or a girl? I thought it was a boy. (laughs) My husband did too. Like from the moment I was pregnant, he was like, it's a boy. (laughs) So that, that worked out well. (laughs) That's awesome. I I'm very hit and miss on guessing being right or not. Yeah, I, I, I stopped guessing. I was just like, whatever, you know, after DJ, I was like, whatever it is, I'm fine, you know, but I, I never had like an inkling of what it would be, you know, like just kind of with him, I just was like, I think it's a boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so cute. I love that. And you have all these little boys. So fun. yes, yes, we are a family of boys. So my, my husband has two brothers. I have two brothers. <laughs> Most of his cousins are boys. Um, So yeah, it's, I was like, I guess I'm a dedicated boy mom. So 
That's awesome. Let's talk about parenting after loss. And I, I invited Alicia here because I think there's something unique when you lose your first baby. Yes. And so all your living kids are rainbow babies. And I want to start out um, maybe talking about parenting when you don't have a baby that anybody can see. So maybe tell us a little bit what that was like for you. And then some of the things that helped you to just be able to parent your child when he wasn't in your arms. Yes. So I think the first thing that I remember because um, DJ was born in January. And so I had that first mother's day where I didn't have any, any living child. And I just remember like, Oh, what is this day going to be like? I'm, I'm really nervous. Um, and I remember asking my husband, like, should we celebrate? You know, and he's like, it's really up to you. But I, I remember him vividly saying, like, I don't want to like celebrate Father's Day because I don't feel like a dad, you know? And I was just adamant, like, I'm a mom. I birthed the baby. <laughs> My body went through all the changes. So I want to be honored and celebrated. So, you know, he did get me a card and things like that just to say happy Mother's Day. Um, and I, I think like my mom and dad, you know, text me and like happy Mother's Day. So just that acknowledgement, it really feels good because like, even though you guys can't see my baby, he's very much a part of me. And I, I kind of made that very clear early on to let people know, like, I am his mom. I will be talking about him. I will celebrate him. And I think one of the most special gifts, my dad, who is also a pastor, um, he was like, you know, I, I deal with people who deal with grief a lot, just in different types of grief, not necessarily baby loss grief, but, and he's like, you know, there's those specific days that you hit every year that you don't want to dread it, you know, when you, when you get to those dates. So he was like, maybe you can find a way to honor DJ. And so that day feels special versus where you're like, oh, it's coming and I don't want to deal with it kind of thing. And so that's why we started celebrating his due date, which would have been April 7th. Um, and I know most babies are not typically born on their due date, but, you know, as a lost parent, you kind of have to hold on to just whatever you can, because the, you have to kind of piece together your parenting, if, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, we were able to celebrate that day. So I do do good for DJ. And I just ask all my family and friends to kind of do something special for somebody else that they pay it for. And so I've had people tell me I paid for somebody's you know, lunch or we let somebody in front of us in line. I'm like, it doesn't have to be something where you spend money, just do something nice in honor of him. So that's kind of a way that we honor him every year. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so fun to do. And I love that your dad was giving you some good yeah. advice. Yes. Yes. That, that was such a special thing because now I actually look forward to that day. And of course, you know, I still feel the feelings surrounding it, but it just feels better when people can like join you and they're texting you throughout the day. Oh, I did something for DJ today. So it just makes me feel so good inside when I, when I get those little texts. I love your confidence. I want to point that out too. So your husband was like, this isn't really going to work for me. And I think I'm yeah. you'd honor that. And then also be like, yeah, but I want mother's day. <laughs> We're definitely very much opposites when it comes to a lot of things. I'm very vocal about DJ. He's very like close to the vest. Um, 
like when I post this picture at first, he would be like, why is my son's picture online? You know, like, I'm just nervous. I don't want people to judge him. And just kind of that popper bear kind of mentality, which I totally support through him. But it's just like the way that it helped me grieve. And so this was kind of like my space to, to do that. Yeah. And I think it's different for everyone. So I yeah. think it's, it's great though, being confident if your style is more quiet and private, yeah. that's okay. Yes. And like, if you're all out there, then that's great too. Absolutely. I think the best thing about, or, you know, the, the silver lining about parenting after loss is you kind of get to create your own style because there's literally no blueprint. I know with parenting, there's no rule book, but especially with not having your child here, <laughs> um, you really have to kind of go the extra mile to figure out what works for you and how you want your baby to be honored and celebrated. And that could be something where only you do, or it could be something you share with the world and either way is right. You know, <laughs> whatever makes you feel the best. Yeah. I love that. You also then were able to become pregnant Pretty soon after yeah. DJ passed, yeah. could you tell us a little bit about that um, journey of like becoming pregnant again and and how that felt and how you got through pregnancy after loss? Ooh, so I just remember um, after DJ passed, maybe like a couple months later, because I was like in therapy and things like that. And, and that question came up like, do you think you want to have more kids? And um, I remember just talking to my husband and we were like, yeah, we think so, you know, um, but we didn't want to put like a timestamp on it where it's like, we have to get pregnant, you know, right away, or we're just kind of like, when it happens, it will happen and we'll just go with it. And so we did get pregnant relatively um, quickly. It was like, I think six or seven months after DJ was born. And so that I wasn't prepared for, I must say, I think my rainbow pregnancy was my absolute hardest um, because in my first pregnancy with DJ, I didn't know what to expect. So I was just kind of riding the blissful wave until he passed. And then once I was pregnant with Grayson, it was just like, everything was like, is that okay? Am I doing this right? Is he going to live? And I just remember at the beginning, I almost didn't even want to connect with him because I was like, what happens if this happens again. I always tell this story. My mom gave me this book or told me a book that she was reading. She was like, I suggest you read it. And it wasn't about baby loss at all, but it was actually about mindset. And it's called The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry. And he just really talked about um, focusing on things that you can control and letting go of the things that you cannot. And that like transform my mind in that pregnancy because I was just like so focused on the fear the anxiety the like I don't know if he's gonna make it I don't should I even you know prepare should I do this should I do that and once I read it I just was like okay I saw somebody say like you only can live in the moment of now and so if your baby's alive now celebrate that you know and so I was able to kind of switch my focus and, and not so much focus on the anxiety and fearful part and more so like focus on, okay, you have this baby and you're just going to try to get to the finish line as soon as possible. So that was a task. <laughs> yeah. I love the mindset too. That's what we talk about here. It's just yeah. how powerful, like the way we look at things and how we process through it really does help with that that fear. What was it like then having that living baby? 
it was very tough, especially in the beginning, because Grayson was born six weeks early. So he spent a week in the NICU. And I just remember like when I had him, I was like, nobody ever told me motherhood would be this difficult because, you know, my first baby, he dies. And then my second baby, he's in the NICU. And I'm like, all these things that you think that you're going to be able to do. So I was like, this time I want to do skin to skin. I want to breastfeed. I want to do this. I want to do that. And none of it happened. (laughs) Like they sat him on my chest. And they were like, we're going to take him. He's breathing. You know, his breathing isn't the best. Um, And like, they just whisked him off. And I was like, not again, not again. So I like broke down when I got home. Like we stayed at the hospital a couple days. They actually gave us a room. Um, They were like, "You you guys can stay here for a few extra days just to be with him. I think we left him overnight, maybe one day. Um, and then that day we were supposed to come and pick him up and they were like, his temperature's not regulated. So you can't take him home today. And that was the day I lost it. Like I went home and I was just like, why can I not bring a baby home? You know? And of course he was living, but I think it was like the compound grief on top of being pregnant again. And like, finally, like, I know he's here. I saw him alive. He's breathing, but now I still can't take him home. So it was just a lot early on. And I just remember like people wanting to come and help. And I was just like overly protective of them. And it was just a lot. And I I think I did go through some type of postpartum, but I never like got diagnosed. But looking back, I was just all over the place, like with my hormones and it was just a lot. So I just want, you know, parents to know, like, if you feel like you're going crazy after this, you know, new life comes because everybody thinks, oh, you should be happy, problem fixed, you know, you have a living baby, everything is well. And it's like, this is literally just the beginning. It's a challenge, I would say. Yeah. And that when you're talking, I was thinking of another question just to discuss is that we do say that, like, if I could just have a living baby, everything would be better. And then when it's hard, (laughs) then you're like, I should be grateful for this. I should be grateful. I think, (laughs) yeah. So other people say it, but I think to ourselves is where it really causes a lot of pain. So what would you say to someone who is struggling parenting after loss, even though they're very grateful and aware how blessed they are, but, but what did you do on those days that were just really hard? I would say invest in a journal (laughs) and journal like journaling was my best friend because it was somewhere I could be absolutely raw and I could just say what I needed to say because you're like I'm a first time mom even though this is technically my second time around and that's like a whole nother piece where it's like I should have been doing this with a insert how old your baby should be, but technically now I'm doing this for the second, but first time, but I would just suggest like really honing in on your feelings and releasing them. Um, And again, you can do, if you don't like to write, I always like suggest voice notes on your phone, do a video, whatever you need to get that out, because it is very challenging. And if if you feel like you're at a step where you want additional help, I would absolutely say therapy is amazing. Um, And as a person of faith, that was something new for me um, because I'm like, you know, you always hear trust God and pray. And, and I'm like, those things are absolutely, they're integral in, in my healing piece. But I was like to have devotion and prayer and worship 
plus therapy was like the golden ticket for me. So if you need that additional help, don't feel ashamed to seek it because we all need help and that's okay, even as moms. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think always giving ourselves permission to say motherhood is hard. It is very um, hard. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What was important to you as you brought these little boys into the world that we're living? Was important to you to tell them about their big brother? And how do you incorporate him into your family now? I never really had like a set plan on how I was going to do it, but I just kind of, it, it kind of happened on accident with Grayson. I had DJ as my lock screen on my phone. And I also had his picture on our dresser in our room. And so once Grayson started getting to that talking age, he would point to my phone and I would say, oh, that's your big brother DJ. And so that just kind of kept going. And then we would show him his picture, just like how you would show your, you know, your kids, your, their picture of their grandma or their, you know, dad or whoever, like just to get them acquainted with who this, this person is. And he just kind of took a liking. So he would then go and this is DJ, you know, he points to it or points to his picture. And so we just naturally started having those conversations. And because I was in the baby loss community already kind of doing things, it just felt natural to talk about him because I'm like, he's a part of our family. So it's very common now for my kids to talk about him. Um, and my older son is like, oh, mom, are you talking to baby loss moms today? You know, like he's very aware of what I do. Um, I, I told him like, you're my rainbow baby. So we talk about what does that mean? And, you know, how do parents feel when they lose a baby? Like we're very candid about what happened to DJ and how he is integral in our family. I think that's that's really beautiful. It was natural because like you already had DJ as part of your family and, yeah. you know, it just kind of extended from there. I know sometimes people can be really scared about those conversations or maybe you had an earlier loss and you don't have pictures. Yeah. It's kind of like, how, how do I do it? I would just say that kids are more, they're very in tune. <laughs> and um, a lot of times our worry, like, it, it's escalated in our mind, but really the conversations, I, I make them appropriate because he's only five. So he's like, did the baby die? Well, what happened? You know, like very like cut and dry, you know, his body stopped working. Cause he, you know, when you use the term for like sleep, they're sleeping or things like that, that can be kind of scary for kids. Like, I don't want to go to sleep, you know, I might die, things like that. So we just really like normalize what it means and you know it can change for different people I've, I've heard some parents say no I don't think my kids are ready and that that's okay and again like there's literally no manual to this so you just kind of have to do what feels good but it just kind of felt natural so once Grayson started talking about it once Gavin got old enough to talk about it now he knows who DJ is and he'll point and sing about him and so it's just very natural yeah and I just think as I hear you speak about your sons like how amazing of a gift is it to have these boys who understand babies die and we can help each other when we go through bad things and so many lessons that override like that fear of well, I don't want my kids to know that bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it you don't want to tell your kids that um, obviously you don't want to be a baby loss parent at all. But it's like once you're dealt these cards, I just had to find something that would make this life like, okay, why would God choose me to, 
you know, have my baby be the one that died. So I was like, I just have to make some type of meaning out of this um, to make it make sense for me. Since you mentioned your faith, I love hearing about people's faith and how it has helped them on their journey. How has your faith helped you parenting children in heaven and on earth? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I always say like when I first lost DJ, it was like, I think that was the first time that my faith really was tested in a way um, because I grew up in church. Again, my dad was a pastor since I was six. So very, very young. I was always at church, heard all the stories, you know, you hear about having faith and God will be there for you and things like that. And I just was like, at first, I, I just couldn't believe, like, why would God do this to me? Like, you know, I don't understand. And I just remember when we lost DJ, my husband was like, this was like so profound of him. But like, he always reminds me, like, you're something is going to come out of this. He was like, I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just feel like God is using us for something from this experience. Um, and I never want to say like, oh, my baby died so that I could, you know, be out here to be a support. But I just think his life taught me what empathy looks like, what it means to really have faith, what it means to really need God to be a provider and to be a comfort. Because I was like, on those days when I felt my absolute lowest, I was like, there was the only person I felt I could really be my full self with was God. And I would like cry out like tears and all, because I know a lot of people see me and it's like, oh, you, you must not, you know, you, you, you look healed. And I'm like, no, I still have grief. It's still there, but I'm able to channel that through, you know, just my gifts of what God has blessed me with. I like to sing. So I sing when I'm grieving. I listen to the music. I write. Those are just like natural gifts that I've been given. And so I just try to utilize those things. Um, and then also just use my gift of encouragement because I was like, this is what I wish I had. So I know that other parents are going through that. And I hope that just one thing I say could maybe brighten their day because I know hope is necessary in this space. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So on that note, let me ask you one last question. What would you say to someone who is struggling right now with like balancing the grief and their babies that aren't with them and then having living kids, no matter what age, um, it can be challenging. What would you say to someone who's, who's just struggling with that? Ooh, I think the first thing is knowing that you can always hold space for your baby. That's not here. Um, and a lot of people won't at first. And I think they, a lot of people take their cues from us. And so if, if, I want my baby acknowledged. I say that, you know, and, and really be vocal and it's okay to say, Hey, I need you to support me in this way because grief is really hard. And so I always say you can acknowledge and honor your baby any way that you want and, and make that known. And it may just be you for a little bit, but people will start to notice, like, cause I, I noticed my parents, they'll include DJ's name and things because I talk about them so much, or like, I just had a cousin who did a family tree and she put DJ as one of my kids. And that like lit me up. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, people are like actually taking the things that I'm talking about and like putting it into action. So like, just keep talking about, it. I know people feel uncomfortable to make others uncomfortable, but it's okay. 
you know, you can make others uncomfortable, especially if you feel like you want to honor your baby in that way. Um, and two, you can still honor and celebrate life with your kids. You know, like my life is still beautiful in the midst of the grief. Like grief is always my companion, but I can still go on to live and have meaningful things in my life as a mom because, you know, my kids are a gift as well. So it's like just finding that balance that works for you. And again, reaching out for help. Um, there's community here in the baby loss space and there's somebody for everybody. So, you know, if I'm not your cup of tea, you know, I could hook you up with the resources because I know many, many parents in this space that would just love to pour into you. So, you know, just find your tribe. And I love being able to have this conversation too, because just showing everyone who's listening, like it's possible to find your way and it's not always easy, like for sure. Oh. It's it's tough and like questions come out of your kid's mouth that you're like, what do I even <laughs> say to this? But yes, We're, and motherhood is still hard. Like even with living children, like it's very hard. And, you know, again, I go back to when you said, Sometimes you're like, you don't feel like you can complain because you had a baby that died. But there are days when I'm crying because I'm like, this is hard <laughs> and be OK with that. Like just sometimes you just have to sit and be in the moment. And then it's like I told my friend, she was like, you know, I'm so nervous about parenthood. And I was like, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> there is always a new day to start again. So if anything else, just remember that tomorrow is coming. Yes. And that love between yes. family yes. and your babies, it's, it covers a lot of our, you know, what we think are our shortcomings for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. And will you tell us just a little bit where people can find you, what you have out there? So I actually have my book again. It's on Amazon, so you can find it there. I'm on social media, so I'm on Instagram the most. Um, so if you want to find me there, I'm at Ali Andy Enterprise, and that's A-L-I-A-N-D-E Enterprise. And you can reach out to me there. I have some things coming down the pipeline as far as how people can work with me. There's just lots of things that, you know, I want to help with, again, just tapping into the community and serving as a resource for others. Yeah, that's amazing. I love all the work you do. And I will definitely have all those links in the show notes for people. So really easy, but <laughs> thank you again for being here and for sharing. I love, you guys can't see her, but she like, gl she glows. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate, I really appreciate you and you know, you always being so welcoming to me. So thank you so much for having me. Are you tired of feeling like your baby's death was somehow your fault? Go to smoothstonescoaching.com and get my free mini course, How to Stop Blaming Yourself After Loss.